Welcome, welcome, welcome to Terrorvision Horror Podcast. Dan, we've been down and out. What have you been doing? Oh, well, apart from having five weeks of COVID, which is still, yeah. <laughs> still got me. Uh, I went to the Blackwood Christmas pageant Ooh. with my family. And I saw the, the hunk of meat that you got to eat. Yeah, that, that, so it, I was quite happy to see that there is this like food cart which cruises around Adelaide and mm. it's like a van and it's completely covered in fake lawn. So it's green and it looks like grass, this yeah. van. And they sell, and there's like young people that have it. And they sell like all sorts of stuff, like you know, the jam donuts and your mm. donuts, you know, the potato on a stick, you oh. know, that thing that you know, the big string yeah, yeah, yeah. that you know, cut into the spirals. But they also do pork belly on a stick. And I know, shit, this is like a, I don't know how long that is, like a 40 centimeter long, thick cut bit of pork belly that they just deep fry. And then they, um, they cover it in the salt that you put on those spiral potatoes. Yeah. So it's like, Amazing. Oh my god. Amazing on two grounds. Amazingly bad for you and amazingly tasting. Even my, my wife had some and liked it. And yeah. she's like even she's basically a vegetarian. Yeah. Oh. And um yeah, I will I'll, I'll try and give you that photo. You can put it up. Yeah, please. Like yeah. <laughs> we'll put it on the We the, haven't posted any photos <clears throat> of us lately. Yeah. I mean I've been haggard looking, so Yeah, all of us been sick. For the better part of the year, but you know. But uh yeah, yeah the Blackwood Christmas pageant, like, you know, it's at a, a correct time. Yep. When a pageant should be, not in the middle of November, whatever yeah, that the, was, the that Adelaide was one was. a silly choice. Um, it's the second biggest, biggest pageant in South Australia. Yeah. You know, it ends in a fair, which I think is rad. Which Amazing. Is, which is like better than, and then it, like the bands like that are in the pageant like play in yeah. on a stage and stuff all day. And it's like, and I'm like, well, yeah, the, the John Martin, well, not John Martin's Christmas pageant, whatever it is nowadays. I think it's still the John Martin's nah, Christmas pageant. It was like the, uh, it was like the savings and loans. Oh yeah, it's, yeah okay. Yeah, who I knows know. what it is now? I couldn't tell you because I, I watched I'm, it. I'm a Grinch. Oh, so. I love Christmas more yeah. than anything. Oh, yeah, trees coming soon. It's just a time of this fun and eating and hanging out and holidays and presents and. I mean, I have nothing to do with the religious side of it. No. The, the, the Blackwood Christmas pageant, a lot of the floats are just for the local churches. And so, like, but there's all right organizations. That, so, it's, it's there's no floats in it. Yeah. Let me get you straight. It's, it's just businesses or organizations like like BAG, the mm-hmm. Blackwood Action Group, where they just, like, go around and make community gardens and shit like that. Amazing. Yeah, so like, and you know, like the local scouts are there. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's a uh, a local Bollywood like dancing academy here. So like, what? all these dudes, are, like, yeah, like, guys and girls, like like you know, white people like dressed in Bollywood gear, just yeah. going down dancing. And, oh like, man! So yeah, I I enjoy it a lot. Like, cause yeah. it's just easy. You go there, you, you can walk around, get food, and yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. So I did that. Uh, and uh, but this is this episode is recorded a week later, so yeah. this is a week ago I did that. So it's not that close to Christmas. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, yeah, that's fair. Um, well, I, I like I say in the last episode, I had a bout of laryngitis. I went down hard. I completely lost my voice. I was just I I had to miss bonfire. It's the only bonfire that I've missed this this month. Um, which sucks because we just got a restock of shirts. Oh. Um, so I just, I couldn't do it. And my doctor told me to stop being stubborn. Um, and actually, What do you rest. mean? And be sick? Yes, because I don't. I will just try and power through. Yeah, um, I, I let that go this year. Like now I'm just missing work so much. I mean, I've been sick for five weeks now. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> still am. I, uh, I, I just I, can't get over it. I did. In the <laughs> end, I, I ended up having like three, three and a bit days off and 
Yeah. Uh, Dude, I've had a month off. I know, right? <laughs> it's so, yeah. And in that time, um, because I love, I miss reading. I don't have the attention span because I always feel like I should be doing something else. Um, and also when I am reading, I, I get really distracted a lot easier than I used to when I was younger and I could sit and read a book in an afternoon. Um, so I've been getting into audiobooks lately. Um, yeah, I got into them real hard for a while. Yeah. So oh, the, um, because my the cum- Warhammer, I started, oh, the, yeah, I started right. the Black Library, remember? Nice. Well, because my commute is could be anywhere between 45 to an hour, mm. um, like both ways. So Same. I've got like a solid, you know, two and a bit hours every day where I'm commuting. So I thought, look, fuck it, we'll give it a go. So I've burned through a few books that have been on my pile to read. Yeah, it's great when you start, you work that out. You're like, oh, damn. I, and I don't know, like, do people consider an audiobook reading it? Yeah, I'd say so. Because you don't read it, so you don't you don't do the words in your head. Mm. If you know what I mean. So you're not. I don't think you're expanding your vocabulary, but you are still getting the story. Yeah, I'm still getting the story. I love being read too. So I've I've burnt through <clears throat> uh, Grady Hendrix's Final Girl Support Group. Um, I listened to the Amityville Horror. Um, and I'm my God. You know what you're doing next? What you should do the Doom book, Masters of Doom. Yeah, it's I'm so good. Yeah. Why well, I just got to even people don't. I don't like no doom. Loved it. I'm very interested. So I just got in the mail. I'm I'm actually finishing up a book, a young uh, YA book called Clown in a Cornfield, and it's. Did taken... you buy the books and then you do the audio of them? So you just, and then put them on your shelf. Like done. <laughs> That's what I did. Pre yes, this has happened. Yes. Um. So I'm almost finished with Clowns in a Cornfield. Um. And then I completely forgot that a few months ago I ordered Stuart Gordon's memoir. Um, he, uh, directed reanimator. Mm-hmm. Um, so that arrived in the mail and I'm like, great. I look forward to that sitting on my shelf and me listening to the audio. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, it's so it's, much about, uh, I mean, you can take a book on the train, but yeah, I but, get distracted. Yeah. And I also, I'm not really <clears throat> on the train too much at the moment. So yeah. So that's what I've been doing in this time. Um, Nothing much else, so that will segue us poorly into episode 155 of Terrorvision Podcast. Um, this is definitely our more relaxed fear episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jennifer Strand, and joining me is my favourite limb collector, Dan McGuinness. <gasps> I'm still sick. <laughs> we'll make this a short episode, I promise. Uh, well, um, we will, because well, we will, because I chose uh, leading off of last last week's uh, episode of It Follows. I thought we would take a look at psychosexual thrillers. Um, now, psychosexual thrillers, they tend to explore the darker side of relationships. Uh, there's generally a lot of sexual tension, not so much sex, because Dan, I know that sex makes you very uncomfortable in movies. Um, so well, I've, I've, we've talked about this before. Like, we have, yes. So I don't understand sex in films. Yeah. Like when it goes to a certain point where it's like, okay, I'm watching a film. Do you film, uh, uh, talking to the film as if it's an entity, film, do you want me to get an erection? And do you want me to continue watching film or do you want me to wank? Like, mm. what? I understand porn. Yeah. Porn it has its Porn's reasons. got a purpose. It's got a, it's a purpose. But like when there's a, a, a long sex scene, which is quite sexy, what do you want out of that? Like, do you want the people getting aroused watching it? And then like, at, the, well, at yeah, what I point mean, do you, why would you want that? Because it just takes, like, as soon as someone gets aroused, they do not care about a story anymore. And I don't understand why it's in there. Yeah. We've all seen porn stories. Well, we know that like <clears throat> sex and horror go hand in hand because the idea is to take your date to a horror film, you get them terrified, then you get them a little horny and then you go home and you 
Yeah. You yeah. know. And this is the same with a psychosexual thriller because you've got this element of danger. It's, it's exploring. Usually with psychosexual thrillers, though, like, you don't want to take a date to one because it's usually about a bad relationship. Yes. Well, it's a very good example of I am not this person. Please continue to date me. Well, well I am not this person, but I've taken you to this movie. Now would you like to have sex with me after seeing this? Yeah. So it, it's got its place. I mean, look, there is a lot of sexual tension, not always sex, until I start talking about the very trashy 90s erotic thrillers that I secretly love so very Which much. Which I have never watched. So oh I don't even have enough films on my list, listeners, to, like, <laughs> to actually talk enough about this this week. So most of them are all on Jen's list. I've yeah. Got, on my list. We is, usually do four. We do four each. And I could only find three. I had four on my list and then I just kept adding. And I was just like, oh, and what about this I had one? to take some of Jen's because I had not seen like half these films. Like, yeah. Um, But the ones I got. Are okay. They're all, they all work. Um, so a lot of the psych, there is a lot of uh, themes of psychological ma- manipulation, danger, obsession. Um, I will straight up. I usually get you to kick us off. I'm going to kick us off with the quintessential psychosexual thriller of Fatal Attraction. Bum, so bum. we're talking 1987. Never seen it. You've never seen Fatal Dude, Attraction. I don't care about any of these films in the fact that like. I've got rules in my life. Yeah. Unspoken rules that like they're not actual rules. They're how you It's how I choose, choose something. Yeah. And if it doesn't have like if it's it doesn't have a monster on the front, this is me, like mm. no monster. If it's set in reality, if it's got sex in it, if it's just about a relationship, all yeah. those things are things uh, we basically cuts most of these off yeah. the, the thing. The only reason I've seen certain ones is because I got it wrong okay. and I didn't know what it was. Or yeah. Or I was at a sleepover, uh, you know, or I saw it on late night television and, you know, I mean, I didn't want to watch Fight Club because I thought it was just about me- like Brad Pitt was like, a, right, he was like legend of the fall to me. Yes. And then I was like, oh, Fight Club. And then my, like, you know, the girl I was with the time was like, it's probably got some fighting in it. We should go have a look. And it's like one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah. So like, I'm always wrong. Yeah. That's one like, that is a, that is a rule of thumb in my life. Mm. Like my thought, or, you know, my decisions are usually No, 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 wrong. but that's that's how you choose to live and there's mm. nothing wrong with that. I, however, <laughs> I enjoy smut. I love smut. And I love these films because when when done right, um we get some some amazing films and when done wrong, we also get some amazing films. Oh god. So we win it's a win-win. This is a gen special. <laughs> this is a gen special episode. So we've got Fatal Attraction 1987 directed by Adrian Lin. With the leg cross thing is that that movie? No. What's that? that basic, would be, instinct. basic instinct. Yes, that's basic instinct. Is that another one? Yes. Oh, see, I'm, I'm, okay, so so let I only know the uh, like the National Lampoons one where like yeah, and there's just a picture of a beaver. Yeah. On the thing, it says a gratuitous beaver shot. And yes. They were, so, so let me distinguish a little bit. So, Fatal mm. Attraction, psychosexual thriller. Basic Instinct, psychosexual erotic thriller. So, Basic Instinct has got far more sex and far more to do with sex and fucking and like seeing that. Oh, okay, it's about sex. This. this is more just like um, uh, the psycho. Uh, Sexual ones are more about the relationship and, yeah. the, and the mental so, illness of it. <laughs> this this film stars uh, Michael Douglas, Glenn Close, and Anne Archer, who you would know as Dennis Reynolds' mother. Um, so, <laughs> right? And funny enough as well, she's like big in Scientology. She's like up there. I'm, well, I've been in a Scientology. You have to be in it a certain amount of time. Yeah. 
Um, so basically, the premise of this story is Michael Douglas's character. He's a happily married man. He's his wife and child go away for the weekend. Uh-oh. He stays home to work, and of course, he comes across uh, Alex Forrest, uh, played by Glenn Close, and they have a t- multi. Say Glenn Close, and I just keep thinking of Dungeons and Daddies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hey, how you going? Yeah. <laughs> so they have this insanely sexual relationship that it's, over a it's, weekend. Over a weekend, but she is not hundred percent all there. She's a bit of a hamburger and fries short of a happy meal, and she—that's that's the whole lot. She feels <laughs> she's she just the drink. She's just a, she's just a coke. That's it. <laughs> she's sweet and dangerous. Oh, uh, but and anyway, keeps you up at night. Yeah. So she. Essentially, um, you know, she knows what this is. They they talk about it frequently throughout the film. And then it's time for him to go and she doesn't want him to go. And then all of a sudden... Oh, he goes to her. So, it, this so she be- doesn't have, he doesn't kick her out of his house. No, no, oh, no. He goes to her because he's a married man. You don't do that in your house. You go to her house. And he's essentially just like this. It is what it is. I'm married. That's it. No go. And she's just like, nah. So she goes a little bit crazy, and if anyone has been in any kind of similar relationship to this... Mm, um, I don't think so. No one's Michael Douglas. <laughs> no. Look, let do not get me wrong. Glenn Close's character isn't... She's, like, iconic crazy. This has got that famous bunny boiling scene, which is where the whole term <laughs> bunny boiler comes from. So, like, you're talking about a, having a, a bit, bit of a crazy partner and people are like, oh, is she a bunny boiler? Is he a bunny boiler? Um, she becomes very obsessed with him. She's obsessed with um, getting him out of his marriage. And it just becomes violent like she she harms herself to get him to stay um she starts oh stalking she kidnaps his kid at one point um it it just becomes in insanely intense now michael douglas who is portrayed as the poor victim in this no no this fucking bastard who cheats on his wife and kind of like this weekend that him and uh glenn close share together is actually very very lovely they talk they they um they find common ground in a lot of opera, food. They've got a lot in common. It's really nice. Like ultimately, if she wasn't crazy and he wasn't married, they'd probably be very, really good, good together. But it just goes to shit. So she's like clearly obsessed with him and it's just not going anywhere. So this is like the quintessential. Anytime anyone talks about, about like a psychosexual thriller, this is the film that comes up and it's well worth the watch. There's not a huge amount of sex. Yes, there is some, but it's enough. And it's it's also Michael Douglas. I don't understand how Michael Douglas keeps getting. Yeah, yeah. I I was going to mention at the end of the, your because he's your rant instinct. is like he's he was at that time he was like the man. Yeah, as in like this is like this is like the pinnacle that all men strive to be is Michael Douglas, right? And I was just like. Well, he, you know, he's famously had throat cancer for because he likes to eat pussy. Like, you know. What? But, oh, yeah, that whole thing about when he got throat cancer, it was like because he likes to eat pussy. But why? I don't How does know. that tie I don't in think that? that's science. Did he, does he eat cancer pussies? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I don't think so. But I think he was like blaming that at one point. It's a whole thing. Is he a Scientologist? Maybe it's no, like I don't part think of the aliens like makeup. Maybe. Quite possibly. I have can- but yeah. cancerous 
and the, Fatal the Attraction. It, it Fatal Attraction is a classic. At one point, everyone should at least watch it once. You probably never. The could. question is, because uh, I'm saying, is his wife better looking? I know that's not a question. I'm trying to find it in the trailer. Look, Glenn Close is a very handsome woman. You wouldn't necessarily like. I, I think her jawline's too she, distinct. I don't feel that people would find Glenn Close to be conventionally attractive. So Anne oh, Archer oh, is Michael Douglas isn't conventionally oh, attractive. Oh God, no! Mind. There is nothing about him that screams sexy at all. He's um, a movie star. Maybe yeah. that was it. Yeah, his money. Anne Archer, it, she's probably she is probably considered to be more conventionally attractive over someone like Glenn Close. Um, but uh, Glenn Close's eyes aren't in the. If you look at her, look at this picture. Her eyes, a poor shot. It doesn't look like her features are in the right spot on her face. Mm, could also be the makeup. That that's a heavy heavy eyeshadow. Maybe yeah, the eyeshadow was like done wrong. Yeah, anyway, doesn't matter. Um. I mean, we're arguing over who's good looking here in a fucking 90s film. An and 80s Between film. Glenn Close, who has a big chin and a jawline. Michael Douglas, who was considered the best looking man in the world, who is just like average fucking walnut. And then the wife. Who, who was the wife? Ann Archer. Who I think is like better looking than, than Glenn oh, Close. Oh, look, look, she, she definitely <clears throat> is... Conventionally more attractive than Glenn Close, but when you're in a situation um, like there was just oh yeah, instant, I know, I, I, like I, I, attraction. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to talk about something. No, no, I haven't seen the film. I don't know anything about these people. <laughs> I am like way out of my depth in this episode, but that's fine. Well, look, we're, we're knocking this episode out. So we don't have to do it again because we, we'll true. either do it now or do it down the track. And then I would have watched more films by then, and you just have to sit and listen to them. All right, so what's on your list? Uh, So my first one is one of my favourite films uh, from 2013, Under the Skin, Mm. which is I somehow in this thing found an alien abduction, an alien (laughs) film. Hey, that's fine. Um, Under the Skin, like shortly after Scarlett Johansson Mm -hmm. did uh, Avengers, Mm. she, uh, you know, she did the safe film, then she did the art film, as they say in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Yep. Uh, she did like very art film. Uh, I'm trying to explain how, why this film was, I, I was just amazed that she made this film. Yes. Have you seen it? Yeah. 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 So number one, it's got full, full nudity of her in mm-hmm. it as in like one of the biggest actresses in the world at the time as, yeah. as Black Widow. She does the second film she does is a, a quite, I don't know, like it basically it's set in a, is it Island or? It's Glasgow. Yeah. Glasgow. In a like rural Glasgow, and she, well, spoilers. She's an alien, mm. and she's luring men to get them back to well, what you could probably call her ship. What well, you don't, it's real art house. Yeah. But what made this film so crazy? Crazy is that like she's kind of like an alien, or she, you know, she's created. Yeah. By aliens, you don't know kind of thing. Like she kind of like. It's that kind of thing of like she kind of starts to become more sentient of what's going on. She lures men into a into this liminal space, which turns into this like fucking crazy effects, but not not effects all. You just have to watch it. Mm. But what makes this film creepy and weird and right is that all the males in it don't know that they're getting filmed and don't know that it's a film until a certain point. Yeah. So all her interactions, they just think it's this girl who they don't go. She's, I think she may, 
she has a different color hair at the, yeah. in this. She's like, got like brown hair at this point. She doesn't really look, look hate- like Scarlett Johansson. Like, or, or you'd be like, wow, you really look like Scarlett yeah. Johansson. And so these dudes in Glasgow like think that they've just hit fucking gold. And in the scenes, you know, it's like real and it's like hard to watch. Yeah. And, um, and to a certain point where they're like, you know, cause they must've done a whole bunch of them where then they agree. Yeah. Like to use it and to be in the rest of the film. And then they like, you know, they don't have much roles after that. They kind of just get walk and get mm. taken. But the, the idea behind it, and it's just so interesting, crazy good soundtrack. So simple and minimalistic, yet so complex and crazy good. Oh, I love the soundtrack to this. I was. I didn't even. Does she speak? She hardly even speaks because no. she's like even because she's created just to attract males to yeah, bring them she's... to this to this area. Yeah, and she's kind of got, and then she kind of bucks the system against it. But like, and then she meets this guy in real life. One of the people speaks is like a guy with elephantitis or mm. something like. And he ends up being a massive part of the film. And it, she, he was just one of the people that she kind of um, met on yeah. her travels. And, yeah, and it kind of like, I think it wrote the story. like, mm. the, And then that's the character I think that she sympathizes with and realizes that she doesn't and, like, change it or something. It's, yeah, it's, it. And I, 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 this is, um, I, I, I don't know how to bring it back into like the psychosexual part. Of, I mean, the psychosexual part is that she attracts these. Well, she's but, hun- but she's re- hunting and she's using. It's hun- but it's real footage of dudes, yeah. and some of them are like, oh man, I wouldn't have said yes to use this footage. He's kind of, you know, no. some of them are lecherous, and yeah. you're just like, oh god, you just take. Ugh, ugh. But it's, it, like, it's, it's like a- in the last episode of like. Uh, it follows the yeah. dudes on the boat. You're yeah. basically agreeing to show the world that you were that. Yeah, like, essentially. And um, yeah, this film takes it to areas that it's I've just never seen a film go to. And then the effects and the sounds, like when when the men, do you remember when they get taken? It goes into that like kind of floating black void and all yeah. this stuff. And then they suddenly just, yep, like they just they're just skin. Yeah, like everything that was inside of them is is like pulled out, and it's like a, a practical effect, and it's just like oh god. Yeah, and like you're just like what? Are, what? And it, it's so weird and avant-garde. Like you don't even know what the fuck it. You can't even get what is the plan of the alien? What are they doing? Yeah, and I love that. Like, um, yeah, it's just it has that scene that really affects me. You know, the baby on the beach. Oh, yes. So there's like a scene where... She, oh, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, that oh. is like horrific. Mm. And mm. like, you just... its I mean, it's not like a baby gets killed or anything, but like something happens and then this... Uh, this she like takes someone. Like, but there's a baby. They have a baby and it's left on the beach in like Glasgow. And you realize that no one's going to look after that baby. It's just sitting on like a towel... And then later on in the movie, they go back to the beach at night and the baby's just still there crying, like looking around, doesn't know what to do. And it's just shattering. Mm-hmm. It's like so gut-wrenchingly horrible. Like, And I was like, man, this film is something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, hor- it's a horror because it's horrific. Yeah. But in that psychosexual manner as well, like we're bringing up why I chose this, it's just... Well, it enters the, those yeah, things. Yeah, you have to it, help it, me. Yeah, like it, ex- it definitely explores. 
I wouldn't say the darker side of a relationship as such, but it definitely the darker side ex- of courting. Ex- yes, and and the manipulation and the danger that is involved in meeting someone how for like you, a one night stand or a one night stand. Like yeah, they how are, dangerous it could be for you, how dangerous it could be for it the other person. Boils them down that they're prey. Yeah. Over a relationship, and that's what it can be in real life. Like, and that's not just to say that, you know, I mean, in this instance, um, she's using them as prey for whatever it is that they've done to, like, de-skin them. But, <laughs> you know, whatever that is. But then you also get, you know, not to, to sound like I'm shitting purely on men, because as a, a lesbian there are predatory. There are predatory people everywhere. It doesn't matter yeah, you've whether met you some met real predatory lesbians. Yes, it doesn't matter what uh, sexuality you are, what your interests are. There are always going to be predatory people. people. Yeah, doesn't matter. Oh, it just happens that she's a lady. Yeah, playing in the thing. So you know, there's always going to be this level of danger to anyone you meet, anyone that you you also, choose to give your time it's, to. Uh, it's commentary on the human race, as in like what can attract. Like humans in the easiest, mm. a beautiful woman. Yeah, I didn't choose a beautiful man because no. like it just wouldn't work that like that way. No, and, and I, I, think I, I mean that is me hating on men, but like, no, but no. like that's a commentary in itself that like they use like the lure of a beautiful woman, and like she doesn't even have to do anything. No, in this film, and like she doesn't have to, and it's real. Like mm. she doesn't have to do anything. No, like if that had been a good looking guy in that film, if they'd swapped that around with like you know fucking. I'm trying to think of someone who will be like, you know, like fucking Chris Hemsworth. If that, they'd swapped him into that film, it just wouldn't have worked. It still wouldn't and work. And it wouldn't have worked. As in, I don't think women, no matter how good looking, I mean, there would be some fucking like, you know, real rough cunt women that would be like, yeah, give the rope. You know, <laughs> like fucking, give fucking ziggies. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, but like, this was like a lot of dudes, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, and I just think a woman would, you know, you wouldn't just, Jump in a van with a dude. No, no, because there is something. Because um, she's in a big van, yeah. Yeah, there's something a little bit more gentle. Oh, gentle's not the word. They but... use the most unattractive van that she drives around as well, so yeah. it's even worse that these yeah. dudes would even get in it. Like, and it's just like, oh fuck. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's like, yeah, it's like it is a psychosexual thriller, oh, and definitely. the fact that it's like it's using real, real dudes, like. Picking up a real woman, and potentially, if it had been a real story, they would have all died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Oh yes, except for the one guy. Yeah, except for that one guy. Um, so my next one is a film from 1965. It's called Who Killed Teddy Bear. Um, <laughs> it is directed by Joseph. Is his name Teddy Bear, like Theodore Bear? That would have been so good. Is that not no. what it is? No. Um, So a detective basically embarks on a one-man crusade to track down a depraved sex maniac um, when a young nightclub DJ receives disturbing and obscene phone calls. Oh, dear. Um, He finds himself, like, becoming very close to this woman as they try to track down this person who is... Is it her? ...is doing this. No, it is not her. (laughs) Um, This film stars Sal Minio, um, who was nominated for best uh, support for Rebel Without a Cause. He was also murdered um, in his late tw- 20s or early 30s. Oh, he was man. very young when he died. Very talented Murdered. Actor. Murdered. Like as in he mystery was murder? He stabbed or? in – he was mugged and oh, just, just like straight a, up murdered. Like Martha and Bruce Wayne vibe. Yep. Like, so not, so. not like because of who he was, just he just like a rando. Yeah. That's so this film also plays <clears> out with um, – 
1965, it was actually quite, I wouldn't say confronting, but they, they touched on, it was very taboo. They're touching on topics that you generally wouldn't touch on in that time. Um, and then, of course, it's the only film you ever really see where you've got this female victim who is, she's receiving these horrendous phone calls and the film in itself is dealing with like themes of like masturbation. They are eroticizing the, um, the male over the female in this film. So like, even though she's the victim, we're, you know, we're getting shots of, you know, Sal Minio in the gym. Pumping yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the trailer. He's, he's looking, actually this trailer is really long. It's been going since he's, <laughs> been he's looking pretty good. Um, this film is really interesting as well because he clearly, and it's um, like showing when he's lifting the weights, Yeah, like the weight machine has like a, a shaft going into like a, yep. a cylinder it's and it was very showing shit like homoerotic. That. And I mean, Sal Minio was, um, an open bisexual male. So, but I think is that it, the it, actor, Yes, yep. Sal Minio. Um, he's like the main character in this film. Mm-hmm. And there's also sequences like uh, very similar to uh, Psycho where there's that whole sexual repression, um, you know, trying to sort of deal with that. Like you've got these feelings, you don't know what to do with them and then the, maybe that's going to lead to some violence um, down the track. You don't know how to interact with, with women properly and so... You know, this film is insanely good, and I feel that like everyone should probably it's, check so it out. Is, what's Teddy Bear? Is that a spoiler? Like, is it, it a person? Look, is it or is it just the idea of like who killed like uh, innocents? It is, yes, <clears throat> there is, however, like a a, a a part that is happening throughout as well that is that I don't want to give away because it is definitely referenced referential to the title. I mean, it has just a, come out. A bit of a spoiler. Yeah, it has just come out. Um, it also has Elaine Stritch in it, who you would know best as Jack Donaghy's mother. Mm, mm. She, and she's quite young in it. Um, this is actually on Tubi. You can watch it for free on Tubi. And I definitely recommend everyone should. And I feel that I've... And why have you watched this? Why? Yeah. like, How did you find this? Um, I just like to find things. So sometimes I'll go... What I love about Tubi is unlike every other streaming service where you finish is the it's film. It's unfiltered content. Yes. <laughs> like, Anytime a, a film ends on any other streaming service, it just shuts down. Tubi, no, no, it's just going to play another film for you. So you could just be sitting, like I ended up watching like three films in a row. Oh, you just leave Tubi on, it keeps going. It just keeps so going. Yeah, you know, they just rando as well. They rando it. So, they, so it's not like if you watched a black and white 96 film and put another black and white 96 film? Yes. Or it would. Yes. Oh, okay. So, so it, it themes it. It goes with a theme and then it creates your algorithm based on that. So a lot of the time my algorithm is very horror-based. Um, and then because this also falls under that umbrella of horror, um, they tend to put that in. So I ended up watching another film directly after called Beat Girl, which was about a... Uh, on the beat. Yeah, a cop, very, cop very, girl. very beatnik. Oh, beatnik. Beatnik. Not the beat, as in a cop beat. No. Um which I ended up just sitting and watching the whole thing because it was it was very enjoyable. So fucking Tubi. That's how I know about and, this. And yeah, right. Bloody hell. I recommend checking it out. I don't want to give it away. And I know there will people be people that will check it out, so. Mm. All right. What's next on yours? Um I did chose 1999's, ah. you know, Prince made a song about it. <laughs> um Audition. Yes. Takashi Miike. Uh one of these like more well-known ones, I reckon. I would say. What do you reckon? Is, 
I would say this is his most well-known film. Yeah, it's the one when people, when they yeah. find out who you're talking about, they're like, oh, I like Audition. Yeah. Um, so Audition is basically about a, a guy who, oh, I'm trying to remember that, he, who he auditions for a wife? Yeah, so his wife <clears throat> had died seven years prior. This is a Japanese film, by Japanese the way. Japanese film. All and, Japanese. Um, you know, his, his son thinks he needs to get back out there. Everyone in his life, his business partner, they all think he needs to get back out there. So, But he's business-minded. He's, yeah, he's very business and he's um, kind of or like they're starting to do an audition for a film role. Oh, okay, so they're yeah. casting women in this this film role, and they kind of start thinking about like, well, what if you could audition for a, a partner relationship as well? Yeah. So they go through this audition Which is process. T- Tinder. Yeah. Oh, fucking Tinder, man. It's basically, basically a very quick it's a casting couch. Yeah. Audition. Very much so. And so he um, ends up meeting this woman whose name now fully escapes me. I want to say it's Asami, but I feel that was his name. Um, well, it's quite, yeah. She's quite young and beautiful. She's very young I'm and beautiful. Her, I'm wondering if she was an idol at the time. I'll Possibly. She was in Tokyo Gore Police Oh, as well, she well. probably wasn't an idol then. <laughs> I don't know. She's probably just an actress. Um. But yeah, so she she was an ex ballet dancer. She's this, that, and the other. And he ends up even before he meets her, like he's going through her resume, and he seems to uh, think, yeah, bit all right. Yeah, peak peak the interest. Um, so obviously they go through the audition process. He meets her. They start. They spark up a bit of a relationship, and very much like basic in uh, not basic instinct, uh, fatal attraction. We find that she she might not be quite there yeah well yes (laughs) (laughs) i mean the film is very the film is more famous for its ending than anything else it's the only thing anyone ever remembers because like that pretty much the first the the whole film is just conversations bureaucracy auditions talking you know and then it all like you know conglobulates into this shocking Quite confronting and mm. saying, which I'm going to tell you what it is. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, 99. Is it a garage or is it, is it a piano string? It's piano wire, yeah. It's a piano wire with handles on yeah. each side. So, so it's she, essentially a garage, yeah. Basically, she I th- I'm pretty sure she drugs him, uh-huh. but she drugs him so he can still feel all the pain yes. and be awake. Yes. And then she wraps it around his ankle and then zing, 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 and like goes back and forward until she cuts his foot yep. off but the thing is this thing goes for fucking ages and you hear like it going through the flesh you hear it hitting the bone yeah and then uh, the piano wire going and and all through that she's going making this noise of going like get it get it get it get well, it because there's a sequence before she starts doing that where she starts because she's she's talking about how because he's paralyzed this his skin is more sensitive and then she starts talking about the more sensitive spots on your body pulls out a bunch of acupuncture needles and starts like then she's like you know, kitty, 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 as she's putting them in his stomach and under in his eye, like under his eyes. Yeah. So this is like, this is like classic Mikay mm. torture porn. Like, uh, don't get me wrong. I, I hate torture porn, but I love Takashi Mikay's films. Yeah. They are definitely their own genre of film. Yeah. No one makes films like this dude. No. Like, oh God, no. This dude is the- so prolific. He makes... Like everything. No, no. He makes like the least. Uh, so, the least amount of films he makes in since like what year? Let's go back. So he started in like nineteen ninety one. Yeah. 
Yeah, he does like six a year. He made the live action <clears throat> Ace Attorney and the live action JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. Oh yeah. He like. Oh my god, I forgot about this film. Fudo. What's Fudo? Oh, it's just something I used to own. He he did go Gozu Gozo. Oh yeah, he does everything. I haven't watched that one yet. And he did, I, like, yeah, but he does, he did, he did like the Dead or Alive movies mm. and stuff like that. He did like I'm just trying to find the shitty ones like like Ultra Max. But he did he does he he's weird. He did like a the Wandering Samurai one recently, like Blade of the Immortal film. He did that. Oh wow! Yeah, that remember that one that came yeah. out recently. Yeah, and it was. Kind of cool. He did like a, a, a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, mm. like, like um, live action film. Yeah. So he, he's massively into anime, but he does these like other films yeah. that are just like. I actually fuck. went to put one of his films on the other day. Um, I can't remember. He's what a hit and misser though. Some yeah. of his shit is oh. absolute fucking rubbish. Yeah. I'm gonna say it, but he has some gold. Yeah. Itchy the Killer, fuck which it. I still have never seen. Um, Visitor Q. Hmm. MPD Psycho? Yeah, yeah. He got ch- uh he did uh uh Sergeant Kabuki Man. Yes. He did um Audition. He yep. did uh the one that's like the the musical, which is like what's it called? The the happiness and the Kirakeos or whatever. That's the one that I went to put on the other day and Liz it's, it's, had to leave the room. It because starts she, with that weird animation. She hates stop motion, I didn't realise. And because it's Takeshi Miike, it was like weird Fucking as weird. shit. But that's only like the first bit. Like yeah. it goes into but then it like goes in like his films uh, yeah, and they're all around like so in two thousand and one he did Visitor Q and Itchy the Killer and The Happiness of the Katakuris. Mm. Like So in two thousand and one he did Family, Family Two, Visitor Q, Itchy the Killer, Agitator, which I have no idea what that is. It could be anything, and then the happiness of the cure has all in one year. Mm. That's one year for wow. him. The next year, like 2002, he did the Dead or Alive final, uh, something else, Seibu, Graveyard of Horror, Shangri-La, um, Pandora. This dude apparently has made the most amount of films ever that anyone's ever made. Yeah. I think that's one of his like um, career. I can't find it now quickly. I'm just looking him up on YouTube. I'm not, I'm not going to find that. But like it is crazy. Mm. And all of these films have, like, crazy ideas in them. Yes. Like, fucking Itchy the Killer. My God. That's it's, about... st- it's still on my list of films to watch. It's about a killer. Yeah. Like, the guy on the front of the cover isn't Itchy the Killer. It's about a killer who's trying to find the killer, this killer, because he's so impressed with how he kills people, mm. that when he finds him, though, he's just a guy that, like, masturbates out the front of people's houses, like, what a peeping Tom, and then goes crazy and cries and then a, a knife comes out of his boot and he chops them in half while he's crying. That's pretty much the premise of Itchy the Killer. Interesting. It's also the only film where you see the cum shot and it land on the on the ground and then the title of the film merges out of the cum. Oh, okay. In a practical so this, effect. this is a Dan film. <clears throat> this, is just a, this is just a fucking Takashi Miike film. Yeah. Anyhow, audition. Yeah. He does do these like really, yeah, human-y, but they always have something wrong with them, mm. as in wrong as in like a, a Mike moment where you're just like, God damn. Well, this is what I like about the the uh, audition like, is because <clears throat> it, it it uses those themes. Like this guy has been very guarded 
he doesn't want to get back out there. And of course, when he gets back out there, he meets a girl. He thinks that she's the right girl. She is certainly not the right girl. He ignores, <laughs> ignores all those red flags. Because she's too pretty. He continues on anyway. Like, and then, you know, you're at the point where, you know, you're stuck in your living room, paralyzed, having your fucking right foot sort off with a piano wire. Yeah. You know? That's what happened. And she's obsessed with him. Like, there's this beautiful sequence of her in her shitty, rundown apartment that is empty. It's just empty. And she's just sat there, slumped over. She's slumped over so far, you can see the like the the bones of her spine sticking out as she slumped over, just waiting for him to call her. And then when the phone finally does ring, she just gets this sinister fucking grin on her face. And she's just so like, she is terrifying. He does like a whole bunch of like short film TV shows. I think there was like a series called I, I think it was called. Okay. Ago. Um, where, like, I think he got people together and they all did it. But his one in that was, like, it was, like, about a bunch of women that work in an abortion clinic in Japan and they abort the fetuses, but then they take them and cook them and oh. make them into dumplings and eat them because it makes them young again. And then, like, oh. yeah. That sounds familiar. It's probably called, like, wonton or something like that or, something, or like, dumpling or something like I that. I think it's called dumplings. Yeah, and it's just, like, I'm pretty sure that was him. Hmm. I don't know. But anyhow, um, what were we talking about? Audition. <laughs> Audition. I want to talk about all his other films. We should do a whole episode on him. We anyhow. should go down a rabbit hole. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Uh, well, the next one on my list is Dressed to Kill. Oh, yeah, that was mine. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, Audition. I, I'm sorry. I spoke I more mean, about it, that than... Oh, no, that's fine. I'm I'm sick anyway. You're just, you're just here for the ride. Uh, so, the next one on my list is Dressed to Kill. This is 1980, directed by Brian De Palma. It stars Nancy Allen, uh, the babe-alicious babe, Nancy Allen herself, who you would know from Robocop, Poltergeist 3, Carrie. She's in a lot of stuff. Who was um, in Robocop? Nine girl? Yeah. Yeah, right. She looks looked very different in that versus... Anderson? Is her name in Robocop? Yeah, I Yeah, they played so. the games recently. Yeah, you play, yeah. Um, Anderson. And Michael Michael Caine's in this as well, um, which... So this is like the, the closest we will get uh, at that point to an American giallo film. Um, so the, this Nancy Allen's character, she Wait, plays. What film are we talking about again? Dressed to Kill. Oh yeah, 1980. Brian De Palma. I love this film. So a mysterious tall blonde woman wearing sunglasses murders uh, one of a psychiatrist's patients. Um, so as this this woman, she has an affair. She's coming out. She gets completely murdered in front of. Completely murdered. Completely, not, not just, just half, a little bit. A half murdered. Like she is just she's brutalized. She's murdered. <clears throat> Um, by this blonde woman. Is it one of those Michael Caine films where he speaks like Michael Caine, like yeah. massively? Um, so, you know, we've, we've got the black gloves, we've got the black hat, we've got the black sunnies. You can't tell who this person is. And, of course, A Nancy, rancid song. Yeah. Nancy Allen's character, Liz Blake, she witnesses this and now she's being basically hunted down by this blonde-haired woman killer. Um, she ends up going to uh, Michael Caine because this woman was – you know, the woman that she witnessed being murdered is his patient. And mm-hmm. um, we go through there. So we're just sort of watching this poor woman navigating around this whole kind of sexual, you know, she's she's working in this kind of area. She's trying to solve this mystery. She's being stalked. She's being hunted. It's oh, it's really good. It's really hard to sort of explain 
in a better way. But the woman being hunted by a woman. Yes, but there is a big old twist in it, which I love. Is it the woman's a man? Shut up, Dan. I just, <laughs> because I'm just watching the trailer and I'm like, it's real obvious. Yeah, it is. It is. <clears throat> but it works so well as well. And of course, like Angie Dickinson plays. So it's like a, rev- it's like a, it's, it's Psycho. Kind of. Like it really looks like a remake of Psycho, like a real loose re- re- reinterpretation. Kind of, but mm, not. no. No. So Angie no. Dickinson's character, Kate Miller, she the the woman who was murdered, you know, she's miserable in her relationship with her husband. He doesn't like we we get this sequence of her. She's in the shower. She's completely naked. She's soaping her body, and she's like, "Hey, do you want to come in?" And he's like, "Nah." <laughs> so this woman who's still in her sexual prime, like, yes, she might be a little older. She's a little bit more mature. There's nothing wrong with that. I like an older lady. Um, like, so she's she's not happy. She's talking to her therapist. She's trying to crack onto her therapist. And then she ends up just having sex with some guy, contracts an STD, has to figure out how to tell her husband, and then just gets straight up killed. What? She gets killed? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. This film's really good. It's a real good mystery. Um, I mean, Nancy Allen, I could watch her in everything for days. Days yeah. and days and days. All right. What's next on yours? My, my well, that, well, that was kind of it, but I, I also threw on the list, like I just mentioned then, Psycho. Yeah, definitely. 1960. Mm-hmm. I like the ultimate psychosexual thriller. Number one, Psycho's in the name. <laughs> so there's your psycho part of it, like <laughs> done. The sequels are called Sexual and Thriller. Yeah. And then, um, but then you get like the idea that, you know, like uh, Norman, was he, yeah, he loved, he loved his mum. Too yep. much. He re- exhumed her body. You got that sexual thing. Became her. Mm. Took on her role, and then repressed all this stuff. And then the the the, the prob with uh what's her name? I can't remember. The girl was there. Yeah. And it all it all breaks out because his his sexual repression. Yeah. Um, and all the shit happens, kind of thing. It's like it's pretty much the ultimate, maybe the first psychosexual thriller, like. I can't. I'm sure there's plenty that come before it. Oh, there is definitely because there's a film in 1955 that came out called Diabolique. Um, which oh yeah, is, yeah, I saw that. One. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. It's the one that brought the, the psychosexual thrillerness to the mainstream. Yes. There you go. Um. But yeah, I. I and like I said, that this is the end of my list. Like I mm. don't watch any of these films. I no. don't like you know and. I watched um, Audition because it was a Mikay film. Like, yeah. I wouldn't have watched Audition if it wasn't a Mikay film. Mm. So I watched that, you know. Under the Skin, I watched just... I don't know why I watched that film. I remember, like, get, and just, like, got it and I was just like, I'm just going to watch this film. Yeah. And it was just, like, a rando and I freaking loved it. And now it's up there in my... It's up there. It sits in the same category of, like, Black Rainbow and those yes. kind of Oh, it's definitely, it's like, the like same. It's like this, like, long... You know, uh, you know, it's like a slow-paced kind of thing. You're not going to sit down with your mates and watch it. Yeah. Or you would if it was a mate who really is into art house films. Yes. Yeah, um, definitely. But you're also not going to sit down with your girlfriend and watch it because it's, it's not Probably really a date not. film either. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't really consider it to be a date film. Um, it's all more right. of like you've been married for 20 years <laughs> and then you... Yeah, you're, you're both really into film Yeah, and whatnot. Um, all right, well... If you, you've not got much else on your list. On my plate, no. So let me now dive into. I mean, I could have put a couple more on there, but. Well, what else have you got? Go for it. American Psycho? Heck yeah. Like, you know. That shit's fucked. He's he's insane. 
2000. He has he- no regard for women whatsoever. They are just a plaything to him. One thing, one, one, see, I, I didn't put it on my list because I don't know enough about American Psycho, as in I haven't read the book. Mm. I haven't looked into, I mean, I understand American Psycho, but as part of, as far as looking at it as a psychosexual thriller, I haven't looked at, thought about it in that way. Mm. So like, yeah, I understand American Psycho as in like, he's, yeah, he has sex with women. Um, I'm trying to remember it is a long time ago. Like, you know, you know. We almost is playing through the motions of what he thinks he should be doing. Well, yeah. So he's in a relationship. So if, if we talk, if we we don't talk about the book, we talk about the movie. Yeah. So he's yeah. in a relationship because we're a movie podcast. Yeah. Uh, with Reese Witherspoon's character, and he straight up, this is the eighties. This is like Wall Wall Street kind of deal. He knows, like, he's in this relationship with her. He does not care about her whatsoever. That he's literally talking about this is my best mate. I'm pretty certain he's fucking my girlfriend, but she doesn't know that I'm fucking her girlfriend. So there is her girlfriend. Uh, sorry, um, <laughs> his her best friend. Yeah. Um. So he has very little regard for well, relationships. He has no, he has no empathy. No. Like, or the whole thing was like trying to yeah pop, draw out all those emotions out of him to make him a psychopath. But she is still so these weird because these psychopaths women, have a lot of emotion. Yeah. So these women that he's with in this capacity, they are nothing more than to be more of a cover. So he'll still take them out to dinner. They'll they'll go to the fancy places. Whereas he'll then go and pick up a sex worker. He'll bring her back to his house with another sex worker. And, you know, he... Two people on the job. Two people on the job. And he does not have any respect. There is zero regard for their uh, health or well-being because, you know, he goes through this process. He's paid it's for a service. It's all about him. Oh, you know, he's like kissing his muscles while, yeah, while banging? Yeah, like, he's like... Was, was that the sex worker scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after that, that's when he starts to, you know, he'll pull out his tools and he'll start abusing them. But you don't know if that happened. Well, that's the other thing as well. It's all in his mind. So well, he's, it, he's, or, not, or, he's not willing to do that to yeah. these women who are in a higher <clears> society <throat> with him, um, but he'll do it to the sex workers. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, because that whole film is like, it's almost like, a, it's like Sam's Naked Lunch. It's almost like a recollection of the character's memory as if what they're remembering did happen. Yeah. That's that's the whole thing of Naked Lunch. It's yeah. just like, it's someone trying to remember after a drug-fueled fucking Yeah, like, and, that, and that's experience. the thing, like with, with Patrick, he doesn't realise, he doesn't, he, he gets to a point where he doesn't know. Is is what he's yeah, doing? Yeah, is that he, a thing? He, is it not a yeah, thing? Yeah, he's like questioning his like memories whether like yeah. it actually was a thing. Like, you know, like did you did? Because it has that bit of there where he calls his friend and says like, "I've killed this person." He goes, "No, you haven't. I've just had dinner yeah, with them." I, yeah, and in he, London where they are. Like, no. Yeah, and then you're as a viewer like, oh, what? A, yeah, what? What part of the the film was true then? And mm. when did it like? When did it break off? Into, yeah, into fiction and nonfiction. Like, you know what I mean. Um, no, yeah, but yeah, it does. I mean, is it, is it a, is it a sexual one though? Like, I, I, I mean, I didn't Look, put it on my I, list because it's like psychosexual because it, it isn't more about him. It's not about a relationship. It's not about the it's relationship. It's more about him and his, his uh, degradation into, into the realization that he is like, cause he, uh, it's funny because I remember he, he's fine with being a psychopath, but as soon as he finds out he might not be one, yeah, it's worse because like not only you're dealing with that shit, but you're not you're dealing with you haven't even done it. Mm. 
Like, well, I, I, I wouldn't call it like a main themed, but it definitely plays its part because also you've got that, that sequence as well with his secretary, Jean. He invites Jean over to his house. You know, she she's not in a high society like the other women that he's with, but she's not a sex worker. So he's really torn. So there's this conversation. He wants to take her out to a nice dinner. He wants, you know, she's got to dress nicer. She's She needs to present herself as this higher society kind of lady. And then while she's at his house, he starts to kind of unravel. And you know that he's he's trying to get a sense of like where you are in society. Like where yeah, could do I, you be? Do, what, I ra- do I rape and kill you or do I take you out to dinner? You know, there's literally a sequence where <clears throat> he doesn't fall under his like category of like how people are. He was, he's basically was gonna just shoot her in the head with a nail gun. And then the phone rings and it's his, his girlfriend. Um, and he kind of stops and realizes like, but did he even even have no, that? Well, that's the other thing. But it's like, well, no, I think if you stay, like, I might hurt you. So, you know, there's that level there as well. Like, where is she, he's trying to put her in a higher category rather than down here. So it still plays its part in within the film and the, yeah, the themes yeah, you're of right. the film. I forgot so. about that scene completely. But he murders men. Yes, he does. <laughs> Fucking Jared Leto with an axe to the face. We're talking about Genesis? Yeah. <laughs> Genesis, Phil Collins. But yes, yes. But that was my other one I didn't put in there. But like, I mean, I I probably could have put it in there. We've talked about it a little bit. And uh, theoretically, I did put it in there because we just talked about it. Um, Well, like, I like a lot of the the, the 90s. I wasn't going to talk too much about the 90s erotic thrillers because they they tend to delve more into the eroticism. But being that um, there wasn't too much Being that you're your age of the 90s. That, yep, perfect. It was, it was a... yeah, the right time for me as a, I don't want to use the word sexual awakening, but they fit in well. So, As in like you use them as a springboard into your lesbianism? Well, look, let's, <laughs> let's talk about wild things for a moment. Oh, shit. Every bisexual or lesbian or film straight, man. of my age, wild things. Yeah. So this, this number film. One, number one, let, I had a massive... Uh, Bit of pre-story for me. I had a massive, massive, massive crush on Neve Campbell. Same. Hard I had like, crush. like pictures of her up. Yep. I had like a, a, you know, like thing. Did that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this this film is in itself is just a really good sort of like thriller film. I mean, you also get fucking Kevin Bacon hanging massive bacon. Bacon strips. Bacon strips. Um, but you've got that like rich girl, poor girl, and they're – this whole kind of... Which one's the rich one? Denise? Denise Richards, who I absolutely hated. I hated her because she was just so slutty. Didn't like that. She's good in Starship Troopers. Yeah, damn right she is. <laughs> um, is she? But no. You know, they, they, they're they accusing their guidance counsellor of assault. That's right. That's what that film was about. And as a male that didn't understand how the world worked, it annoyed me. Mm. I'm like, God damn women. I can't get a girlfriend. I can't get women, and now there's women that will blame you for having sex with them, and they didn't. Yeah, and you didn't. And I was like, and oh my, oh my god, young Dan, you're such a fucking idiot. And well, teen Dan, so, you're a dickhead. Yeah, and I mean, it turns out that you know it's false accusation, and this guy's just trying to live his best life. But it turns out it's been this whole like three way kind of uh, plan all along. That's right. It was like, a, like to, it, it was a way to like, it's about money. It was all about money, always. 
And so, of course, then to we... To the man. To the man. Where he's got to bang ladies. And he did get to bang ladies. He got, And then we get that, that famous sequence, pool. that, that three-way sequence uh, mm-hmm. in the hotel. And then we get the sexy scene in the pool. With which, the ladies. Which uh, every... Yeah, like I say, every lesbian, Everyone. bisexual, every fucking every person in 19... 19- Denise Richards and Neve Campbell together. Sign me up. Yeah. But... Like I said, I remember watching it and being like, this is the greatest, going to be the greatest thing in the world. But then I either got to the point where I was like, well, what do I do now? Yeah. Like, number one, you don't see anything. So it's just... Um, you you don't see anything. We see it's, some things. It's not like porn, though. No, but we see some pretty good things. It's not like that film, um, Blue is the Warmest Colour. Have you ever oh, seen that? fucking... Dang. That is in no way, shape or form For accurate what? to... Yeah, blue of the warmest color. That is like, so that's based on a graphic novel that we used to sell. Yeah, like, yeah, and um, about the awakening of it, like young lesbians, and they made a French film. It's set in France, and mm. but my god, the film is like it's no, it is like it's it's real sex. Yeah, and it's real sex between young women that are underage, which is crazy. And I, I still to this day can't. I'm like, what? <laughs> How do you make that? Yeah. Wait, or is it just underage in certain countries in France? It's not. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe because it's women, it doesn't count. I don't mm. know. That not saying that's an excuse, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. But like that film, there's a. Actually, no, that's not it. That's not a psychosexual film. That's just no, a relationship. That's just wrong. It's wrong on so many levels. Well, it's but, not wrong. Well, it's, it's just wrong. Isn't it? Uh, I, it, the relationship is fine in the film. It's just it's, it's a film made out of it and they used age-appropriate people for it and made a film of it. The depiction, the sexual like, depiction you is... You can find scenes of that on porn sites. Yes. Because it's that full on. Like, it's, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, can't, you can't show those scenes on YouTube, no. like the sex scenes in that film. It's like... No. And there's no way in the world they, they aren't. Mm. It's not real. It's like... Yeah, <laughs> I still like boggled mind that they even made that feel. Yeah, well, it's again France, um, but yeah, with with wild things. So, like, I can always name at least three three films that were relevant to, let's say, sexual awakening. I guess. Um, I can't. No, I don't any. want to use that word. Like uh, sexual awakening, more like interest. So, in '92, we had I had Catwoman. Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Oh, like, as in your sexual awakening? Yeah, I thought yeah, we yeah. talked about sexual awakening. I was like, what, what like, well, I was look, like almost famous. <laughs> no, no, no. So, like, so you can generally pinpoint a couple of films where that's the first time you ever oh, yeah, remember you, yeah, mine's, kind of Robin some, Hood. some funny, warm feelings. <laughs> the, the Disney cartoon. <laughs> sure. The lady made Marion Fox. Each to their own. So, yeah, mine was like Catwoman, Michelle Pfeiffer. Actually, uh, the second one was Basic Instinct. It's the first time I'd ever seen two women make out and I was like, I'm interested in that. And I was maybe seven or eight at the time. I was way too young to have watched that film. Um, that was not anyone's fault. Just, so even if you were seven year, seven or eight-year-old Dan, you said you wanted Basic Instinct, I'd be like, no, mm. boring. Yeah. What's in it? People having sex? I'd be like, uh, do they have real sex? No, I don't want to watch that. Yeah. And then, of course, Wild <clears throat> Things. So, Wild Things, I would have been, so 98, I would have been 12, 13. Yeah, I didn't know how at, old I was. At that what, right 90, age. What is it? 98. It's 90. the year I left high school. So, you know, you get so those. I was old enough to actually have sex with them. Yeah. So, those funny feelings that you don't understand why you're no. having funny feelings no, I'm watching past that. Nev Campbell and Denise Richards make out in a pool, but damn right. Um, but this film is also just in itself a really good thriller. We just get some. Good- I thought it was worth, like 
the plan in Wild Things was a really bad plan. Yes, like, of course it was. Like in this day and age, imagine cancelling yourself on purpose for money because it wouldn't work. No, it wouldn't. Like it's basically like you, you, he he basically yeah puts him. They fake him molesting the girls yeah. to get money for the court case from the parents. And then they all go, yeah, we got the money. Like, that dude's life is ruined as in, yeah. that's a terrible plan. And he, I'm pretty sure he made it up as well. And, yeah. I'm, like, and I'm like, that's just bad writing. Cause no, like, it's just, no, it's just a shit plan. Well, his, his whole thing was to change his identity and sail off and start anew with a bunch of fucking money. He just wanted to live on a boat. That's a pretty good plan. Be happy. And then if we want to talk. Can you ab- just live on a boat? Probably. Like, if, if you're out on a boat. You don't like your neighbours, you just sail away. But you, uh, do you have to port? Is there a law to say you're just allowed to live out on a boat that's off-grid? Or do you have to come in, like, legally? I don't think you do. Also, who's checking? You're on a little boat? Well, there's, self, in, well, there's a lot of boat. checking in waters and in international yeah. waters and stuff like that. The boat place. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we, we can move into 1996's Fear. Uh, starring, uh, uh, directed by James Foley, starring Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon. So this one is another one that was like big in, in the nineties. Um, so Nicole Walker, she's like just this nice, good girl. She meets this boy, uh, played by Mark Wahlberg. Good boy. Who, Marky Mark. You know, he's, this is his he's funky the, bunch days. Oh yes. This is his, uh, Calvin Klein underwear phase. Um, He's like this really nice guy. He's like the perfect boyfriend. He's nice. He's helpful. He gets along with everyone in the family. But he's just something about him that is not quite right. And, of course, there becomes – this is like real good because, you know, he becomes very obsessive, very controlling, very manipulative. He manipulates the family. He manipulates her friends. And he basically just wants her all to himself. And then the film just progresses to a point where it becomes him versus the family. Um, and then it, it's... It sounds like a remake of Twilight. <laughs> well, this is before Twilight, so no. Yeah, Twilight's a remake of this yeah. film. Um, but this was another one. And this was another one where, like, you, you talk, you say fear to anyone who's, like, around my age. And you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's the that's the movie where Reese Witherspoon gets fingered on the fucking Ferris wheel or something. Well, I'm looking that up. <laughs> It's like a roller coaster or something. To to that song. Know, how do you to that song Wild Horses? Oh, really? Yeah. Daryl Braithway? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's just horses, isn't it? No, yeah, something along those lines. Um but I mean, this film in itself is really good because you see you sort of see Marky Mark. This was when he was like this wholesome guy, like new kids in on the block, you know, all this stuff. And then he plays this role where he is just unhinged and there's this really cool scene where he's like standing at the the door and it's just you're looking at him through the peephole and he's he's starting to apologize he's like i'm so sorry please just let me in we'll have a conversation and then it just goes and he snaps and he's just like just let me in the fucking door let me in the fucking house and just written on youtube right here (laughs) yeah and you just see that face and it completely changes i really like this film man i want to watch this now I'm going to go home and watch that. Right. And I, I do, do feel watch. like I'm talking too much about all of these films because um, we can also briefly discuss Basic Instinct and, of course, the 1994 film uh, Color of Night starring Bruce Willis where he plays a psychiatrist. Um, man, who- I, try. I, I, I watched that on a Bruce Willis kick 
back in that day and that was a new film and I just thought it was going to be like a, a new Bruce Willis film. No. Nope. And it's not. It's a sexy Bruce Willis mm-hmm. film with him like with sex scenes and naked Bruce Willis's more than one scene. Yep. And I, I think I turned it off halfway through. I was like, what the fuck? It's got a really, like it's, it's actually really good. It's got a really good twist in it um as well like another really good twist but the the thing about these films especially the ones that are in the 90s is they start becoming less psychosexual and become like it's like i keep saying erotic they become they're pushing more they're they're leaning more into the sex sex scenes because they know sex sells like the uh, the beaver scene yeah which you know i'm not i mean that's not a sex scene that's more no and I mean, of course, you you know, you get... Which base- I've never seen, by the way. You've never seen Basic Instinct? Yeah, I've never seen the scene either. I've oh, only really? seen, like I said, the, the National Lampoon version of it. Yeah, right. I have to shoot... Like, she can't... She doesn't show her actual vagina. Oh, yeah. What, on, t- on, on the film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking that up. Yeah. Um, you know, and this again is a really good thing. Like, you know, he's he's investigating uh, murders and... Is it really her or is it just like an... an, an no, got, I'm pretty certain it's got, her. They've got knickers on with a print of a vagina on it for the film. So. I'm pretty certain. <laughs> they do that shit. Yeah. Um, you know, this... In, I, I mean, this is, well, Basic Instinct, Paul Verhoeven. So you know it's going to be absolutely trash, but it's good trash. The interrogation clip on YouTube. So can it be on YouTube? Well, it's a very, very brief clip. It's not that bad. I mean, I don't think I can it's see that bad. like where it is in the th- you know how it shows like the most watched <laughs> bit. You just, like, you just skip to that that bit. Oh, it's got bloody Dennis got, Nedry. Yeah, like yeah. Newman. Jurassic Newman yeah. in it. Yeah. Jurassic Park. No wonder. He's the best looking guy that can give a sweaty forehead, like looking at something. That's true. And of course, from here, look, I, I have talked a lot. I do want you to, I do want to stop soon so you can go and rest. Um, so I'll just, dump, I'll just jump into some like that's mentions, it. you know, we, we can talk about Blue Velvet. Um, that's, that in itself is, that's such a strange film. Um, one of my other guilty pleasure watches is a series on Netflix called You, um, where you. Joe Goldberg is like this very bookish, very lovely, pleasant man who becomes obsessed with women. So he's also he's almost like uh, Keir Grishner's character in It Follows if he actually acted on impulses and was a complete psychopath. So he, he basically <laughs> worms his way into these women's lives and he becomes very obsessed with them and then, you know, eventually shit happens and he has to start killing people because that's <laughs> what he does. He has to. He just it's has in, to. It's in the script. Exactly. It's in the script. Um, we can talk about The Hunger, which is the 1983 film, uh, vampire film with Bowie, mm. Catherine Deneuve and uh, Susan That's a Sarandon. good one. That, like, yeah, that's uh, at least it's borderlining into horror. It definitely. This is why I went with the thriller over the horror. Because if we start talking about horror as we're well. Not a, we're, not a, we're not a television thriller podcast. No, but thriller falls under the umbrella because we get a lot of horror elements in these films. Like... Um, and then, of course, we've got the the skin I live in. I haven't seen the original version, but I have seen the 2011 uh, version. Oh, really? With Antonio Banderas. Oh. Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots. And then there's another film called In the Cut. Now, a lot of people have forgotten about this film. Um, this is 2003, and this is Meg Ryan. This is Meg Ryan, full frontal nudity. What? Yeah, Mark Ruffalo. Full frontal nudity. The Hulk? The Hulk. And Kevin Bacon. I'm pretty certain full frontal nudity. 
Um, and this is a, a woman who I think her sisters <clears throat> witnessed a murder um, and she ends up having starting to have this affair with a detective and it becomes very, very erotic. It's like a lot of sex. This is Meg, Meg Ryan's well and truly not just stepping, slightly stepping away from. This is Meg Ryan jumping out of the romantic comedy. Well, there's like when I looked it up on YouTube, there's this like Meg Ryan like talk now talking about it. Like the roles is like, I just wanted to do something I'd never done yeah. before. And it's actually a pretty good film. The book is actually, uh, I don't really, I can't say, I want to say they're both really good, but I haven't actually watched them in about 20 years since they came out. Oh my God, not 20 years. Yeah, 2003, like almost 20 years. Um, it was actually the first film that I went and saw, uh, first R-rated film I saw Ooh. in the cinema maybe. Mine was Evil Dead. Legally. I know, my, my first R-rated film was Evil Dead. Yeah. Like I saw, but it was at his son's house. Yeah. Like in year seven. Said that story many times. Nice. Um, there's so many other films. You know, you've got Beguiled, which is a, a 1971 film with uh, Clint Eastwood in a really strange role for Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah. He ends up being like this one man. He's not in a relationship with his gun? No. He's like one man that, um, who holds up after a war in a uh, an all-women's convent or location and they all start to like, you know, like him. And have needs, um, those people, kinds of films. People have needs. There's there's so many films that we could talk. We could I could I could talk. I about couldn't. This. I'm no, out. I know. I'm I was so out sorry. Like halfway through the episode. This is a gen heavy episode, so I apologise to everyone who has had. I mean, to American Psycho was on your list, and I stole it off of it. So oh, that's fine. My list was very large, so um, yeah, like psychosexual thrillers. They are a lot of fun if you're into that kind of genre, which, as we know, Dan isn't. But that's okay. We've knocked it out. We don't have to talk about it's it. It's fine. It's done. So I feel that that is probably where I will stop talking now. No, I do the end. I do can't the do end? it. Okay. I'm too sick. No, that's fine. So thank you very much. Uh, before before we sign off, I definitely want to thank our listeners for interacting with us. Uh, you know, Nether News, Palace Nova Cinema, Bonfire Club, Underground Records, Vicious Video, Galactic Video, Greenlight Comics, Chris Franks, William, Ian, Ian Westwood, Robert Thomas, Tsunami Heja, Adam Gillespie, Patrick Roberts, everybody, Dave Kudruff. Uh, congratulations to Cripsy. Who got do? engaged? I didn't know that. You didn't know that? I've been off the internet for uh, a while. Cripsy got engaged finally to Bryony, who is a beautiful summer flower. Congratulations, um, guys. Yep. Comic Thoughts. So go check out Comic Thoughts as well. <coughs> and of course, our mums. And I apologize that you've had to listen to me the majority of the time That's talking good. about smut. Um, but you have been listening to Terrorvision Horror Podcast with Dan and Jennifer. And we are available um, pretty much everywhere. Make sure you. We're available anywhere. We are. Anywhere, anytime. Meet at the malls, balls. We're there. Yep, I won't available. I, I, we are now heading into Christmas period, so I apologize. I'm not hanging out talking to anyone. Don't talk to me. I'm busy. I'm in Christmas mode. Uh, but anyway, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Terrorvision uh, Pod, and make sure you tell your friends. And we'll see you at home. Bye.